What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? I am here doing a very interesting podcast today, and I would love to tell you more, but I'm going to let Dr. Goldstein tell you a little bit more. I am at an anal surgeon office. Am I correct? Yeah, sure. All right. So Dr. Goldstein is my guest today. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what you do? Sure. So um, I founded about 10 years ago, a company called Bespoke Surgical. um, And it's all about kind of looking at communities and basing surgical practices on that specific community. So um, the main one that I'm harboring is the gay male community, though obviously I pivot to anybody that receives anal play <laughs> anywhere. Um, I was going to say, it's a big market. <laughs> it is a big market. Um, but what happened was I came out a little bit later in life. I was practicing heart surgery. Um, and I realized, one, that I was miserable doing what I was doing, mm-hmm. but also that I didn't see anybody catering to the gay community the way that I wanted them to. And Definitely I, nobody does. Nobody does. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and you know, it, it's interesting. It's just interesting times. So, you know, before the advent of me, you know, HIV, AIDS was rampant and everybody was so spearheaded towards how do you take care of the gay HIV positive male, mm-hmm. right? But then when I started to realize, but wait a second, the majority of people don't have HIV. And even if they do, nowadays it's a chronic disease. Who's actually taking care of clients from a sexual health perspective? And I realized that nobody was. And there was people that take care of STDs and treat, but really on pure blood sex. Like if you're having sex, you know, (laughs) and you're fucking, how do you... Go to somebody that knows, all right, well, how do we yeah. prevent injury? Well, and I will say even in New York, there's, you would be surprised. You would think that there was like gay doctors that you could go to that you could like talk about things. And as great as female doctors are or straight male doctors are, it's like when you want to talk about your problems, like you would rather talk with someone who like kind of gets it. Totally. As opposed to someone who's just like, oh, I've seen this before, but um, like they don't get it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it was interesting because I did a study early in my career where I asked gay physicians and gay patients, do their gay physicians actually ask them sexual questions? And about 92% answered no. So it was like, even if you identified as gay, went to a gay physician, they would not ask you sexual questions that were relevant. Like, are you happy with where you are sexually? <laughs> you know, do you want, you know, it's interesting because I always say all the time that are you physically a top verse or bottom or mentally? Uh, yeah. Because so many there's times a huge there's difference. a huge difference and some yeah. people want to take it up, but yep. they can't yeah. physically. And that's where I came into the world, which is wow. how do we connect the mental piece um, and the physical? And I created this, you know, both here in, in New York and in L.A., a place that's kind of destigmatizing anal play, uh, taking away the judgment and the taboos around it, but then also providing both medical and most importantly, surgical techniques to fix it or get people back into the world that they want to. And then also the aesthetic piece, which is uh, a whole another whole. I was like, which, oh boy. <laughs> which is just more plastic surgery for the ass, which is how do we make it? function, but then how do you make it look pretty? 
Okay. And that's a whole nother thing. That's always good to know. Of course. Of course. So you yourself can do like bleaching and like... So yeah. So I have a whole team that does the bleaching stuff. This is more like surgical correction, like removing, removing extra skin, um, taking away hemorrhoids, kind of people love to bloom. Some people bloom too much. How do we kind of correct that? Um, And so it's a lot of, you know, understanding how things heal the right way. Um, And then also understanding where you want to go, you know, as a patient. There's some people that just want average Mm -hmm. kind of play. Others want to take it. They want to do the whole damn thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's where a lot of Botox work, a lot of physical therapy, a lot of things that we provide in-house that specifically target the anal world. Okay, so we're going to get into that. Right, I so just came up with a million extra questions. I I like I love Botox, but sure. obviously not never have gotten in my ass, so like that's a question for later. But in my face, love it. <laughs> um okay, so let's just kind of like start from the beginning. Um just bottoming in general. Sure. So when you first think about bottoming, like what do you what comes to mind that people should do in terms of preparation? I think one of the things first is not to think that you can just take nothing and then take huge dick right away. <laughs> Most people think that like yeah. you could just open up and like receive. It's and like seeing a big plate of food. Yeah. You think you can like, finish oh. it, but then it's like no. You're, you're like, yeah, 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 that's gonna go in me. It's yeah. like yeah, it can, but it's also gonna tear you to shit and yeah. it's gonna cause problems. <laughs> so I think One of the things first is to get yourself into a good dilating routine. So if you think of all day long, your ass is contracted and we go to the gym and we're doing squats and we're trying to make everything really tight and look perfect. The same thing happens with the muscle of your ass. It gets really tight and it won't fully relax. And so the key is literally four to six weeks before you say, hey, I'm going to take dick, you have to slowly start to dilate. And I tell people, it's not a huge deal. It's like going to the gym. You're going to do three times a week. You'll do two reps, two sets of 15. That's it. <laughs> but So what does that mean though? So you would get a toy that right. you so think usually suffices? The, exactly. There's an anal trainer kit that they sell online. Uh, we also have some here at Bespoke. And, and with that, there's a small, a medium, and a large. Okay. And the goal is to kind of slowly start. And I tell people, the ass is not very complicated. It's two things. It's muscle and it's skin. That's it. And so is the skin going to fully open? Is the muscle going to fully open? That's it. And we actually need both, right, to open up, to receive. Well, skin can only stretch so far. Correct. And that's where using the toys is going to help, one, slowly start to stretch the skin. Mm -hmm. Also, it's like developing a callus from the bar. We're at the gym. We're lifting weights. The callus. It's the same thing. We kind of need the skin to strengthen because the pressures of shitting are not the same pressures of sex. Sex can be quite high in pressure. So the key is... We don't want the skin to split and tear. So over the four to six weeks of dilating, yes, you're trying to get the muscle to relax, but you're also trying to get everything and the skin to be as controlled as possible when it's opening. Um, And you start to really learn how to connect the mind to the ass. There are definitely people where you engage and let's say I'm topping them and they're able to fully open their ass. And you're like, how the fuck <laughs> do you do that? It's, it's crazy. I, I can never get yeah. you know, gape like that. Many people can't. But you can learn how to do it. And those guys are really able to fully, fully open, 
then obviously we enter them and then they're able to close down in a way that makes everybody ple- you know, feel pleasurable. Mm-hmm. They're able to control. So the key is one to two weeks of using small toys. And what would you say like inch-wise is the size of a small one? Well, the small itself is probably about maybe two. It goes from like two, two and a half to three. Some okay. go from like two and a half to three and a half to four and a half. I mean, it just depends on which set you're doing. Yeah. But the key is you may think in the beginning that you, you're, you're like, oh, I'm wasting my time. The small is so small. I can take bigger. Yeah. But just stick with the protocol because it's actually doing a lot of things that you don't realize. And so most people do one to two weeks of just the small toy. Then they're going to do one to two weeks of always starting with the small, going from small to medium, and then from medium to large. The large is quite large. A lot of people feel like they can start to take cock after the medium size. And I say, great. Yeah. Okay. If let's say tonight's the night, I did four weeks of dilating <laughs> and I'm ready to receive. Yeah. I would say you either bring those toys into sex play mm-hmm. or do it before the guy comes over. So I'm dilating, I'm lubricated, I'm all stretched out in a good way so that I can receive. And then it's in the beginning, choosing appropriate positions like you on top of me or you're on top of that person in control. Um, even if you want to be submissive, like a submissive bottom, yeah. the first couple of sessions to not choose a submissive role. You're in control. You're figuring out what feels good and what doesn't. Some people do the toys and then bridge it with like a dildo that's a little bit more real life yeah. so that you could be like, oh, this feels good. This doesn't. And really try and kind of test the position. Like use the, yeah, yeah. Totally. So I think dilating and butt plugs are key. The second is, you know, we talk a lot about fiber and diet and exercise and douching from a cleaning perspective. Yeah. And I think first is in that month that you're doing the dilating, start to use fiber supplementation. I, I work very closely with a company called Pure for Men. Mm-hmm. Um, two pills at night before you go to bed with a nice tall glass of water it starts to just start to bulk the stool in a way that like, you shit in the morning, yeah. the rest of the day. Just makes you feel like regular. Exactly. And then also that you're you're fully clean. You ever see a dog take a shit on the street? Yep. It's like perfect. <laughs> they never have to like wipe. It's like a perfect thing. Yeah, they're it's in a, and out. It's in and out. It's the same concept with us. So during the time that you're dilating, you're starting to try and get your GI health as clean as possible so that when you're ready to rock and roll, you're then saying, okay, well, do I need to douche or do I not? And that's the question, right? That's, that's a tough question. Tough question. I tell people, if you're doing the fiber supplementation and you're eating appropriately and you're doing all this, use the toys without douching. Prove to yourself that you're actually clean. The anatomy is, if you think of where cock is going, yeah. it's, it's not going very far. At all. At all. Yeah. And the reality is if you're shitting regularly, that area is actually quite clean. And so if let's say we take 10 guys and you and I just fuck them all. Okay. <laughs> okay. There, there's a site. Okay. okay. Probably without cleaning them. Okay. They, they're no douching, nothing like that. Yep. Nine out of 10 would probably be clean without doing anything. That's a pretty crazy stat. And so... The key is prove it to yourself. They're all eating diet, you know, dieting the right way, eating, adding fiber. With that, use the toys without douching and show yourself that like you're actually clean. Take it so out. So you're saying people should feel more comfortable they than sh- they actually 
yeah, mentally do. I think that it's it's the pressures of our community and the, yeah. the, the pressures of society. And it's your own internalized pressures where you're like, dude, I want to be like super squeaky clean and I can't yeah. have any shit. And so I get that. But I think the key is understanding the anatomy. And I get it all the time where someone will be like, oh, you know, I douched twice. And I was like, oh, I just want to douche one more time to be super safe. And yeah. then the third time is like shit flooring out there. <laughs> and it's because they went way Because it's too higher. much at that point. It's too much. Yeah. And so that was the impetus of me starting a company called Future Method. Um, and Future Method was all about putting products into our community that are safe and effective. But it's also with an educational twist to it. Mm -hmm. So the first product we launched with is an appropriate anal douche. And I started to see people coming to me over and over with injuries and STDs and problems. And I could have, in my mind, I was like, I don't think this is from sex. This has to be from the pre preparation. Like something you did. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of times what they're doing is they're either over douching. They're using too much of the volume or mm -hmm. they're doing it too many times or people use those shower hoses and they swear by it. What happens if you overdouche? What's happening is you strip the lining of the inside of your normal protection. Okay. So what happens is, is there's mucus that's there and that's protecting you. All of a sudden you now wash it away and now underneath there are these cells that are exposed to irritation. They get irritated and now you're basically thinking you have like micro cuts inside your ass. You don't know that they exist because the sensation isn't there. So boom, you douche, you overdouche, you're like Jones in for cock. You're like, this is going to be great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you just, you know, you're on prep, you're not using protection. And then boom, what happens is an STD happens or you get anal warts or obviously worse yet, you can get HIV if, if you're not on PrEP. So there's a lot of sequelae from this overdouching. And so we analyzed, is it, is it the liquid that people are using? Is it the volume that's being delivered or the many, as many times as they're doing it? And it's actually all three. I if had you, a feeling. I was going to say, because I have friends who kind of hit each market where like, I do have that friend that chooses literally like not to eat all day yes. and we're going to go out because he's like, I just, I just really want to make sure I'm good for today. Right. And then you have the other friend who like literally carries a douche in his fanny pack. Right. And he's like in the bathroom bar. And doing it and there. And does it there. It's like, and then you have me who's never done it ever. Yeah. I mean, I think the key is... Understanding that water is bad for you. You know, when you look at water, people are like, oh, it's clear, it's clean, it looks perfect, I'm gonna stick it up my ass. But there's <laughs> two components there's water and there's enemas, mm -hmm. okay? And both of them are on two sides of the spectrum where they both cause cell issues. So the key is, and that's where the future method douche came in, was, well, how do we put this into the exact spot where it needs to be on that scale? And so isotonic means that it comes into contact with the cell, it cleans the cell, but it doesn't, doesn't irritate it. the cell. Yeah. And where water or an enema, like a store-bought enema, causes the irritation to happen. And you're setting yourself up for disasters because most people are those shower shots and using those. And what happens is, they distend like a balloon yeah. so much that and they probably time, go way higher than they need to go. Exactly. So the key is, you know, trying to use a substance, a liquid substance like Future Methods that's kind of pH balanced and specific for our community. But also, I'll show you, you know, our bulbs are so much smaller. 
Because I want this is people, like very small. Because I want people to understand that it's gut health. It's not anal health. It's how do you eat the right way? How do you add fiber? How do you understand that like if you're going to Taco Tuesday, it may not be the best <laughs> it's not time. The best idea. To, to best time to be the bottom. Yeah. So it's trying to kind of educate people. And whether or not they buy products or not, it's all about like everyone looking, well, okay. I want to try to understand anatomy, structure, function, so that now you can kind of look at life in a different way to be like, all right, well, how do I actually prepare the right way and do the right things to minimize as much injury as possible? And what's nice with the, the future method is it doesn't leave you dry. It doesn't leave you exposed. And it leaves a thin layer of this silky texture where you feel sexy, but it also helps kind of create a layer that's there. So going back to the question of like, how do you prepare? I think it's dilating and stretching and understanding all the things that we spoke about before yeah. you even think about taking cock. Then it's slowly getting into it to understand on your own terms, how does it feel? How do you feel? What are certain things? Is it good? Is it not? During that time, you're able to see like, can you get to where you want to be? Or mm -hmm. do you need, is there something wrong? Like maybe you have a hemorrhoid, maybe you have a tear that's been from shitting for years and it's burning and it's painful or yeah. you're bleeding. That you never knew was there. Correct. Yeah. You should not bleed with anal sex. People feel like, oh, oh, it's just a little blood that's totally normal, anal sex. But bleed. isn't that basically from it being too big, probably? It, it's, it's a, it could be many things. There's sometimes people have, you know, are taking small cocks, but there's a cut that's causing continuous issues. Mm -hmm. Some people have a hemorrhoid that's there. Some people over-douche, and what happens is from over-douching, it causes irritation, and then they bleed. Um, it's not only the cock and the cock size. Yeah. It's also positions. So where's your pelvis? How tall is he? How thick or big? So all of these little things, I don't want you to think that like you have to get so mechanical and scientific with sex. Yeah. But I think it's just kind of slowly getting yourself into a different educational frame of mind where over time it's like second nature. You'll choose the positions that you know are safe for you, mm -hmm. that feel good for you. The assumption needs to be that the top is a fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, most of the times they are. And so you as a, or whoever's listening as a bottom or someone that engages annually needs to take ownership and create, you could still be submissive and be in control. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are the things that we're trying to teach so that people can now get to the sex lives that they always wanted to. Well, let's say this is somebody's like first time trying to bottom, right? Yeah. What is kind of like, a position that is easier for a penis of any size, or let's say they did go through this four to see four to six weeks like yeah. dilating period. Like, what's the best position that allows for a penis to go in easiest? Usually, it's on on top, um, or you know, like the the bottom is sitting on top and in control. Okay, so you know, like if you're on me, right? Um, you're able to kind of just like, all right, Evan, sit there and hard. I'll get you hard, and I'm gonna kind of navigate. Is it because you around. have control of how it's going? Exactly. In? Okay. Yeah, and you're able to kind of say, oh, okay, my pelvis needs to be moved up. My pelvis needs to go back. Let's just go back over anatomy. There's three sets of muscles that you need to enter. Mm -hmm. And most people are like, oh man, I can relax the first two, but I keep hitting this. You hit this the wall. Thing. You hit the wall. Yeah. The realistic thing is when you start to use those toys, you're now starting to realize like, oh, okay, I need to first go in, lubricate and go in slowly to the first muscle. Get that first muscle to relax. Come back out with the toy. 
go back in again, hit the second muscle. Sometimes it takes like a good six to eight times of just going in slowly until you hit resistance, holding it there, coming back out, doing it again and doing it, going that route. So when I say, oh, I want you to go in and out 15 times, it's probably gonna take you the first six to eight times just to get the toy fully in yeah. because you want it to be really well lubricated. You want to spread the lube internally. You want yeah. those the skin to get lubricated and relaxed and muscle and that there's three sets of muscles that need to be fully, fully relaxed. And so using the toys firsthand will give you a good idea of like, how do you do that? And then pre-dilating. So like I said to you before, I know I'm coming over and you know, you know, I'm coming over. It's like you using the toys, dilate, stretch, lubricate, and then you're sitting on me, right? Or mm -hmm. sitting on someone and you're able to navigate. Okay. How deep am I going? And where's my pelvis? What's the positioning? So I usually tell people choose positions where you are in control. If you choose not to, like laying on your side is a really good position because most cocks are hard in that, in, yeah. in a good way. The issue is you just need to really, really, really be communicative to your partner. So I usually tell people like, fuck buddies, friends, choose someone over that's like, you're just gonna kind of get hard and like <laughs> let me do everything. Yeah. Because then you start getting into the understanding of like where you're at or find a top that really understands. To like help you. To help you. Yeah. Or, I was gonna say come and see me, but it comes <laughs> Come and see me in the office as a professional where, yeah. where basically when, I'm when I would look was I would use an instrument that allows me to do the same thing that a toy would do um, where I'm able to show you, oh, these are the three muscles. These are how you engage. And that's one of the reasons why here in the office I have Steve, who's a physical therapist, who literally teaches people the right way to relax their pelvic floor. That's pretty wild, um, but understand. also sounds extremely helpful. It, it is, absolutely. And so, you know, you have to lose your, like, you know, we are who we are and we yeah. love dick. And the issue is how do we own it yeah. and then come to a place Well, no that, one teaches you any of exactly. this. So you get thrown to the wolves and you try it when you want to try it. But like, ultimately it's like, you're, you're kind of on trial in an air. Yeah. You know? and, and, and there's a method to all of our madness. They teach, they taught us all about straight sex. That's it. And some <laughs> but, didn't even do that. Yeah. That's and that right. was really debatable. <laughs> okay. So I want to go back to you talking about the walls though, because yeah. to me, I feel like if you were to look at my insides compared to someone of your height's insides, right? Like you naturally could probably take more than what my body can intake just like physically, right? So I probably have like, let's say like a seven inch span that allows before you're just like going nowhere. Like it's, it's, it's just like yeah. I'm five foot six, like you just hit it and it's like, you can't go anywhere. So a couple of things. When you're saying hit it, what you're saying is that you're hitting what's called the anterior wall, which okay. is where the prostate is. And so if you think of the the colon, and I'm going to draw it, but we'll describe it as, as, okay. as best as we can. But if you think of the colon like this, where here's, this is where kind of cock is going to go, right? Mm -hmm. It takes a turn, okay? And so what winds up happening is, is that in order for you to navigate that turn, what's happening is people are actually hitting this wall here because the prostate is here. 
So people hit that wall. The cock is hard in a certain way. Your pelvis is hard in a certain way. You know, is, is opened in a certain way. And so what happens is, is that you're actually hitting the wall instead of you actually moving up on the yeah. person or back. And I would say, try it with a toy. What you'll do is you'll insert the toy like you normally do. And then just move the toy up a little bit or towards the penis area. We're telling people because I'm showing you. So you pretty much need to like go around that curve. Exactly. So it's not just like a straight shot. You have to go through the curve. And it's like, and sometimes what some people do is like, if you're taking a shit, you can lift up your arms. And when you do that, it straightens that curve. And when you see babies poop, they're all doing it. They're, they're squatting in a way, but they're also changing the angle of the colon. So the same thing with sex. Use a toy. Show yourself that if you move the toy towards the testicle area or towards the tailbone area, that like you hit different walls. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that just a little maneuver will open that to the point where now it's a straight shot. And yes, I agree with you. Your pelvis is smaller and you need to figure out that angle for you. But the colon itself is a colon is a colon. And so with that said, there's plenty of room for you to take dick and So you're saying that like, technically speaking, a 10 incher can fit in me as it fits in you. Yes, the key, is, the key is, is that you really have to clearly learn how to navigate that. Yeah. So like at certain points, you're like, he'll hit the edge and you'll be like, okay, stay right there. I'm going to scooch in or scooch back. And you'll see that it'll kind of come around that corner. And so I usually tell people bigger toys when you're getting into like, hey, I'm taking bigger cock or fists. Yeah. You need to kind of understand your own anatomy. Use those bigger toys on your own and move things around so you could see like, oh, that makes sense. This is a better position to receive this or that. Does that make sense? That that makes sense. Okay. So then next, so like once you're hitting that, right, your prostate. What are some things a bottom could do that could help them, like, let's say, come hands-free? Okay, so I think a couple of things. The prostate is a very finicky little guy. Okay. okay? Um, sometimes, like you said, if, if someone's literally hitting it over and over and over, in the beginning it feels quite good, but then over time it winds up feeling painful, swollen, and it gets irritated. So like some, it inflames, essentially? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so you just want to be careful. You want kind of grazing you want gentle pressure but when it's fully fully you just gotta be you just gotta be careful especially if it's like sex parties or you're double penetrating or you're doing multiple sessions each time that you're kind of hitting this it potentially can cause complications so you just got to be careful with it but sometimes when you're hitting it it swells so nicely that boom it it literally releases itself and that cum that you're getting is all prosthetic juice and so that could feel amazing for people you know especially like all that pre-com and all that stuff that's there if you're doing a appropriate prostate play it could be you know totally life-changing but you just got to be careful because it's a fine balance between getting you off in that way but mm-hmm. then also kind of causing problems is there a way that you could try it yourself sure yeah, so I think a couple of things. One is toys hitting that, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, also now, you know, with some of the toys, they have prostate manipulators, the vibrators that are kind of put in position so that it's grazing the prostate in the right way. And you could see like, hey, you know, you it's interesting. It's a different type of an orgasm. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially if something's in your ass, some people can't fully ejaculate yeah. where it'll just dribble or they'll get stuff out. It's a little clearer mm-hmm. or they're not getting the full 
shot. shot. Yeah. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like it's, it's all different forms of sex play and mm-hmm. it should be thought of as being positive. The one thing I would say that I see a lot of that I, that I raise caution to is a lot of bottoms don't get off. Yeah. Like it's hard to get off with somebody in you. Or they're so into satisfying that person that then they don't finish. You have to finish. Why? What's, is there because like a, think about all that juice that was yeah. just pounded on. It's like blue balls, right? What mm-hmm. happens is you fill this prostate up. It's ready to fucking explode. And you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to finish. So that's where a lot of the prostate issues come into play, where people get this kind of chronic irritation and prostatitis because they're not fully emptying. So I just would beg you, like, even if it's not like at that session, you know, like that, you know, that like an hour or so after or by yourself or whatever it is, like if you didn't get off, release all that fluid, because if you don't, you're going to pay for it. And a lot of the pelvic pain, a lot of the kind of the spasmy stuff, sometimes people see um, in their cum, it's like a little brown. That's just kind of stale, old fluid. And so you got to like come every day or every other day. And if like, even if it's not sexual, like just when you're showering, just get off yeah. because it's a pump system and you got to keep that moving. So like how often do you think like a man should, you know, most people, like, like most urologists would probably tell you every one to two days, Yeah, you know, that you got to get off. Um, and if you don't, you'll see that like you didn't realize how much it impacted you. Like your mood and yeah, just like your physical. Totally, yeah. totally. And like I get it. It's not all the time ideal. But like, <laughs> you know, when you're in the shower washing your hair, yeah. like just jerk off. It yeah. shouldn't take it literally that takes long. five minutes. <laughs> no, yeah. Mike could take less than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so what do you think about like let's say poppers or other things that could help like loosen you up? Would okay. you say you're like an advocate for it? Is it a I, little... I love sexual enhancement with drugs. Okay. Who doesn't? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I personally don't like poppers. Okay. But I think that what I tell people is the problem is people are using sexual enhancement to assist their bottoming. That's where I have a problem with it. So mm. people are using poppers because they can't take dick and they want to relax the muscle. The problem is, is that you're so in your days of like, so happy that you don't feel pain. So what happens is I'm on a popper, someone's dick is being shoved in me. I don't feel it. It feels so good. And then I notice that there's blood or I tear. Or the next day you Or the next day there's issues. So I tell people, I'm fine with poppers, but you need to prove to me that you could take that dick without the pop without the pop does that make sense yeah, yeah and same thing with like drugs and all this type of stuff you know crystal it, to me i don't agree with but yeah, that's, again that's where i would personally draw the line yeah but, but yeah but, but again <laughs> I, I understand why people are seeking out these things and i obviously support everybody that comes to me i have tons of people that use crystal for parties and they love it and i'll do everything that i can to help them yeah. achieve what they want but again you're so in this kind of out of mind body experience that you don't know what's happening. Well, and I feel like you probably want the same, I don't want to say high cause, but like, you know what I mean? Like that your endorphins from like coming that way with whatever you were and on. And that's the hardest it's probably part. hard to like rebuild. That. That's a lot of the hardest part of getting people off of that is to get them back to the bottoming world without that drug. Yeah. So I think though, when you're thinking about drugs in general, I am all for people enjoying their lives. But I think that you have to just 
prove to yourself that whatever you're doing, you can do without that drug. Especially like a lot of people use the drugs for double penetration or sex parties and they're in slings. I mean, there's a lot of things, right? And so it's just making sure that you understand that how do you minimize risk and minimizing risk is by actually knowing that you could achieve what you're trying to set out to do. And just being honest with yourself because I think that the first thing is to be honest with you, your own self, and then I can kind of help you guide to figure out how we can minimize risk. Yeah. I don't want to judge what you're doing because I want everybody to do. Yeah, and we've all they probably want. dabbled with what someone's yeah. going to be talking totally, about. Totally, totally. So, I mean, so the reality is for me is what do you want in life? And yeah. how do we at Bespoke provide that for you? Mm-hmm. But it's me analyzing it in a way that you've never thought about to try and see how do we minimize as much risk for you or the community. Because who knows? I, I could be – everybody could be in, in yeah. at the same party. You know? Well, but, so have you ever experienced that like – let's say – let's talk about tops for a second. I feel like at some point in everyone's life, you're going to try bottoming. Like whether you call yourself a top or whatever <laughs> it is, like you're going to be curious being like, what's, why does everybody want to be a bottom or why, why, what is the sensation about coming hands free or the prostate or things like that, right? You're going to explore it. Do you ever find that like you get tops who come in here who pretty much are tops because they have some like PTSD thing to bottoming? I think there's a lot of internalized homophobia. I think there Uh is a lot of PTSD. Um, I think everybody has their own different story. Yeah. There are definitely, and that's why I always ask the question of like, are you a top versus bottom? And mentally, are you top versus bottom? (laughs) Because there's lots of people where the disconnect is there, right? Yeah. Um, So there are definitely a lot of tops that would try bottoming, but they're either apprehensive, they don't even have the right partners, or they've had pain before. Where they're like, I just don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. And so that's where a lot of what we do is I try to make everybody a bottom, right? Which is, it shouldn't be painful, it should be pleasurable. There are definitely people mentally that just don't want to take it up the ass. I see it. Well, it's a huge mental game, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it's just oh, yeah. as much mental as this. Yeah, or, or they're, they're wired where they're top and they don't want anything in their ass. Yeah. With that said, I think that the second you say, well, clearly there's something to bottoming because everybody wants dick to in try. their ass. Yeah, yeah. You then say, oh, well, it's interesting, right? When you top, you're never hitting the prostate. Right? You don't know what a true prostate massage is. Once you get that, your orgasm is so much better that like you can't live without it because just that manipulation on the prostate allows that you'll never achieve from topping. So how far do you need to go in to achieve that? Usually about a, a little bit less than a finger's length. Okay. And it's towards the front. So if you're going in, you're hitting the front. So let's say I'm laying on my back. If you're laying on your back and somebody puts their finger in. Sure. Now the thing is, I don't I don't love fingers. Okay. okay? I agree. Because I find that pop, pop, first of all, it's very multi-jointed. So a lot of these people have no idea what they're doing with their finger. <laughs> Two is they have nails and you have no yeah. idea if they cut them or not. And so what winds up happening is is that they go in and they like cut the skin, they don't know what they're doing, etc. The toys that hit the prostate are there for a reason, mm-hmm. I think, because it allows it's, – it's a direct hit. It's everybody has it. You just got to feel it. It's like that G-spot. You know, It's called the P-spot. And, and what does it feel like once you feel it? It's just you're, – you're just feeling um, 
you know, all the nerve endings and you're able to kind of really, really hone in on the sensation of like isolating exactly where it is. Um, and so with that said, that vibration gets you into the nerve. The, ner the nerves that are there are, are so vast, but the problem is just from topping, you would never know that that exists. So when I say to people, you know, most people that are coming to me are coming to me for me to help them to get to where they want to be bottoming. Whether it's top, whether it's verse, whether it's a bottom guy that got injured or can't achieve what he wants, or like, hey, my partner's so fucking big and I'm a smaller pelvis. Yeah. How do I take him? Um, and that's where we get into Botox and relaxation and all these other things to try and work to get people to where they need to be. But I think that for everybody out there, if you're a top or never taken anything up the ass, you're completely missing <laughs> so many good things that we really should work with you. I mean, let's get you to where you should be. I mean, come on now. There's definitely someone listening. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break from our sponsor, and then we are going to come back, and we are going to answer some questions that you guys asked about your bottoming experiences, so we will be right back. All right, so we are going to play a little game. So, Evan, I'm going to ask you, or actually, I'm going to read you someone's problem, okay. and you're going to give me... Like, let's say a one-minute answer to their issue. Okay, okay. You got it. So, the first person. Every time I try to bottom, it feels like I'm going to have diarrhea, and I don't know how to stop it or why this happens. What can I do? Okay, so the key is toys here. So, the nerve endings that are there normally are there to make people shit. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like I gotta go. All of a sudden, shit goes into the area where cock would go, yep. and it elicits a reflex where I feel the urge to shit. You can change that nerve sensation by using toys. So clearly, make sure that you're shitting. Is it almost like a, a nervous feeling probably? That yeah, they, maybe I think some, they're not relaxed, some of that it they is have a, nerve, a stomach cramp or something? Some of it is a nervous feeling, but some of it is just the irritation against those walls we were speaking yeah. about. What happens is that once they're starting to receive, it sends a signal to the body to take a shit and they feel that. Yeah. And so the key is how do you learn to fully relax, but how do you use the toys to actually create the nerve endings to be more pleasurable? And so I think it's, again, like we said before, four to six uh, weeks of using toys, but just gradually starting to kind of stretch and use toys against the wall and figure out what positions create you to have pleasure yeah. and what don't. But the more that you start to kind of create that, over time, it'll start to become much more pleasurable moving forward. And if it doesn't, come and see me because there's plenty, <laughs> there's plenty of things we could do to get things to relax the right way. Okay. Um, what is some etiquette tops should learn when having sex with a bottom? Okay. One is, I think, is understanding the bottom's anatomy, which mm -hmm. is key. And so, like, if you're listening in your top, three sets of muscles that are there, skin, it's not just stick lube on your dick and shove, and it, shove in. it in. Right. And that's, like, you know, the main thing. <laughs> that's, like, thing. usually the go-to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lie. And that's why I think, like, empowering the bottom is bring toys into sex play. Like I've had it where people dilate, you know, during, right during sex, where it's like, boom, foreplay, a lot of foreplay, a lot of licking, you know, totally get in there with other ways so that you can kind of relax, it gets well lubricated, bring toys in to get you to relax. Again, I think it's making sure that the bottom has the empowerment 
so that you where know. they need to feel like fully relaxed. Yeah, yeah, and also just assuming that the top doesn't know what he's doing. But yeah. with that said, I think it's again. If what you want to use toys, you want to use fingers, it's understanding how to get that relaxation. And when a top is entering, it's not just like fucking ram that shit in. Yeah. It's go in a little bit until you hit resistance, come back out, re-lubricate, go back in again. You're trying to relax those it's three like a process. sets of muscles. Also, I think it's talk to the bottom. Yeah. How does this feel? <laughs> Do you like this? I really am so into this. What's like, your name? What's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, get a little bit more than just that in and of itself. And I think the biggest thing is for every top to bottom. Yeah. Because I think even if you're not going to love it and you're not like, hey, this is not for me, just understanding toy and anal play yeah. allows you to be understanding of the bottom's role and how you can provide the best experience for the both of you. Makes sense. Okay. <laughs> um, what are some things I can use that can make my whole smell fresh other than a douche? Okay. So I think the future method, what's really nice is that it does have a gentle cleanser in it. And we're talking about the future method anal douche that we developed. Mm -hmm. um, that cleanser breaks down the fats and oils and really kind of works well. I think also adding that fiber and whether it's pure for men or take two or some of the over the counter fiber stuff, the key is if you're bulking the stool, in theory, you shit it out and there should be really no, super. Like right. Now, a lot of people, I'm, I'm a big fragrance guy, but the reality is you just got to be careful because a lot of the fragrances can cause skin irritation. They talk about like those like butt scrub things. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of, yeah. So the butt scrub stuff is fine. You can use any scrub that's there because the reality is if it doesn't harm your skin, most people do facial scrubs. It'll probably be fine for the ass. Yeah. I think it's also more the internal smell. And also, how do you kind of make it appetizing, right? There's certain scents that I know my partner loves, and when I smell it on him, I know I'm eating his ass. <laughs> so, but you just got to be careful because some of them are not are not the greatest of ingredients from an ingesting perspective. So, oils and all that stuff is really great. The problem is that they break down condoms if you're using it, and oils really shouldn't be internal. So, I think it's kind of using the preventative approach of Bulking the stool and being super clean, definitely add some scrubs that are there or your favorite fragrance type of stuff. Just making sure that one, your skin can tolerate it because sometimes it's very sensitive. Yeah. And two is, is that if you are doing ingestion stuff of licking, playing and all that stuff, you want to make sure that it's a uh, healthier ingredient. So like be it. internalized. Exactly. Okay. But I have my own preferences. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one says, every time I try to bottom, I always end up feeling like I'm farting or there's air that comes out. What can I do to make less air come out when someone's having sex with me? Okay. So I think it's probably more the douching style. A lot of people are over douching and when they're douching, they're putting a lot of air in the bulbs that they're using. Uh -huh. And so what winds up happening is, is that, of course, it's filled with air. And so you really want to make sure one smaller bulbs. That's why with Future Method, we came out with smaller bulbs because you don't need much. Two is if you're using a bulb, make sure that it's only liquid that's in there and it's not air. And then I also tell people, use a toy after you douche. It really helps with pre-lubricating and dilating, but it also gets rid of the residual liquid and air. 
Does so, it ever feel like, let's say from a topping perspective, would it feel like somebody would it feel like you just had sex with someone though? You if know when you're it kind of dilating you mean? Yeah. So not if you're in control. And it's a good point because I think the key is for in the beginning stages you want to dilate, 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 right? Yeah. But over time I tell people after you've perfected the dilation and using toys you want to start contracting around the toy and learning how to control it. Like we were saying in the beginning, yeah. those people that can open up to receive, because sometimes you don't know how big the guy is behind you, yeah. right? But then once you feel like, oh, okay, he's average size, you're able to close down on him. Understanding that it's both relaxation and contraction. And so the key is, no, I don't want you to be fully fucking crazy open, yeah. but I want you to be well lubricated and able to kind of understand the mechanics before you're there. And as you start getting- Just like really, a little test run. Yeah, and then as you, but as you're getting good at it, you'll realize that some people use toys, which I agree with, after sex. Like let's say someone gets fisted or someone's a huge cock. Using a toy after and squeezing down starts mm. to bring that muscle back. There are some people that once they're having sex, they're gaped for a while. Um, and so the key is how do you be gaped like when you need to- and then- Exactly, and that takes time and that's experience. Are you experienced? Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly always still learning. Okay, well, this kind of goes into the next one. Yeah. But somebody said, how long does it take for me? Or I guess this is how I shorted it. How long does it take for your muscles to like recontract? Like, should you be having sex like once a week to oh, keep okay. that open? Okay. So, or Right. I think there's yeah. two things with that. One is... I tell people the best bottoms, bottom. And what does that mean? Two to three times a week. Mm -hmm. If you're not bottoming two to three times a week, then use the toys to supplement that. So it's a muscle that is going to contract. And over time, if you're not dilating and opening and keeping it in a good bottoming state, um, you're just going to set yourself up for a failure. Like back to base one. So I tell people once or twice a week, in the shower, if you're not engaging anally, use toys, stretch yourself a little bit and understand. All day long, we're in contraction mode. Then we go to the gym and we contract even more. Squats, kettlebells, all of that. So the key is, just like if you're going to the gym, one day you're doing biceps, the next day you're doing triceps. Why? Because you wanna stretch the bicep the next day. It's yeah. the same thing with the ass. It's all it is is a muscle. So if you're doing a heavy, heavy squat day, that night or the next day, it should be butt plug, butt plug, butt plug. And how do you offset that in a good way? So I think it's cock in the ass two to three times a week if you can. <laughs> and if, then the gym. If, and then if, you, if, if, if you're the rest of us, then it's every once in a while. But using the toys, remember, don't only dilate. Once you perfected the dilation, also contract and really learn how to control it. Okay, and let's do one more. Sure. Um, I feel like we kind of touched on this. Oh, sure. But what can I do to help myself relax more when I'm hooking up with people I know or randoms? Okay. Um, I think, again, it's getting back to the mental game, right? But I think it's combining the physical. And when we talk about the dilating and the preparation work and all of that, yeah. I think that that's key. And like slowly start to get into, you got to bring, I, I think toys is the best thing. I can't believe we've said I always over say and over. breathe. You know, I think breathing is great. You'll yeah. learn techniques. The best thing is when you're using the toy as it's going in, 
push the pelvic floor out. So people are like, well, what is that? It's like taking a shit. So like if you're able to like open up when you're trying to, you'll see that the toy all of a sudden goes right in. And you'll get to understand that, oh, that's how I can fully, fully understand to relax. And so like, especially if somebody's thrusting you, the key is for you to push out your floor when that's happening. So it's like, it's going to feel like you're shitting, but like you're really not. You're not. So like, don't be nervous. Exactly. And like prove to yourself that you're not. But I think the key is understanding and doing the toys. And then the, the dilating kit, you should then go into dildos. Because simulate that, especially if like you know this guy's huge, yeah. like slowly start to work with huge or bigger things so that you can learn how to navigate that. And then over time, you'll you'll master your skills. It's like anything else. You just have to practice, practice, practice. And I think the key is what you're doing, which I applaud, which is, you know, how do we talk about the narrative in a, a, a totally socially acceptable professional way, yeah. but having fun with it? to break down the stigmas and the taboos so that people feel comfortable and then they, that they do have answers to the questions or that if you don't or you're having issues with anything that we've spoken about, email me, you know, follow us on Instagram. We do a lot with Bespoke Surgical. I write a lot. I blog a lot on medium.com um, and, you know, check out Future Method, all those things to really get a good handle on the proper education and the products that we support to get us where we need to go. And yeah, so if somebody does want to see you or yeah. Folly, where can they find you? The best is to go online, bespokesurgical.com. Um, on there is become a client and you can click on there. It gives you some questions to answer. And I'm in LA one week a month and then I'm in New York the other three. Um, and through there, my staff will reach out. If you want to just ask questions, DM is great on Instagram. I'm DR, Evan Goldstein, um, or through Bespoke Surgical. Um, and a lot of what we're doing is the education to support, um, especially newbie bottoms, like, hey, here I am, I'm gay, I'm out, or I'm bi, yeah. and I want to engage, and how do we kind of create an educational curriculum that both you and I never had? Literally never had. Never had. Still still learning every still, day. Uh, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> new positions, new <laughs> things. I'm like, okay, this feels different today. <laughs> um, but awesome. So, guys, thanks for listening. Hope this helped you or somebody you know. Um, And we will be back next week for another episode. Thanks, thanks, Evan. No, thank you. Appreciate it.